Welcome back to Under the Sun, my friends. I am your host, Coach Tim Hall. Finally, back in the saddle. I've had a good three weeks, to be honest with you. Uh, had a lot of fun, made a lot of progress, and I've had some things weighing on me that I've been thinking about, wanting to share. And uh, we're going to get right into it with this episode today with my friend, Pastor T. Gatewood. T. Pastors Arborddale Presbyterian Church, which if you are familiar with the Banner Elk area, this church is just up the road on Hickory Nut Gap, eh, maybe seven or eight minutes up that climb on the right-hand side. And uh, T is the pastor of, of that church, and he is someone that I have been friends with ever since I moved here. I met T uh, during my interview process of becoming the director and head coach here at the Lees McRae cycling team, and he was out to dinner with us one night through that interview process, and we have just become friends since. And I've leaned on him a good bit to pick his brain and share ideas and swap stories, and I've had him speak to our team several times throughout the years, and boy, he just he just knows how to bring the right message at the right moment at the right time. And he's been on my mind lately because after one of the latest episodes I had with Margie Bemis and hearing her talk about how she got through the Unbound Gravel Race and how she utilized prayer. And you heard she and I both talk about how we have used prayer to uh, just get through, to help us be better people, to get through challenging moments. And it just got me to thinking about prayer more and wanted to have T on the show to talk about the significance of prayer, uh, why it's important, how it can help. And so we go into that. Uh, he shares his thoughts about prayer. I share a little bit of my own. And then we also go into the power of testimony. And if you get right down to it, this whole podcast really is about testimony. And sharing testimony in the Christian faith is a, a big thing. It's not something that everybody does all the time. We, we do it in really subtle ways. I know I do it more subtly than some others who are um, more open and expressive about it, especially in church. Um, but we talk about the power of testimony. And this podcast, really, when you get right down to it, the storytelling that goes on within this um, podcast, that's essentially what it is. You know, whether it's about faith, it is a testimony about what you're passionate about. So we talk about testimony. And, uh, and then we go into a couple of bonus questions that uh, I pointed towards T to try and catch him flat-footed. Uh, some questions that, you know, I don't, one, I know for sure he had never been asked before, and another one he probably has. But um, so anyway, hope you'll enjoy those at the end of the podcast. But I really enjoyed this conversation that I had with him. If you don't know by now <laughs> where I stand, um, you should after this. 
and uh, I try not to I try not to wear my faith on my sleeve and and just put it out there for in everyone's face at all times. I, I try to lead more by example and and uh, stand upright and be righteous in the right way and and do that without being self-righteous uh, and and not be a hypocrite. And that's that's not easy to do. Uh, so I do want you to know that I have faith. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And that prayer is an important component in my life. And I guess when you get right down to it, this podcast and talking with other people about their lives and their experiences really is uh, an expression of us sharing our testimony with you, the listener. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with T. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the crazy thing is this conversation was our second one. And I allude to it at the beginning of our conversation of how this is our second round. And uh, we had a, a first conversation that, well, suffice it to say, technology bit me in the rear. And, uh, yeah, my SD card uh, just fell to pieces on me, didn't have the conversation. And we had to do it all over again. And I think this conversation was even better than the first conversation. So... Uh, sit back and enjoy this one. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Whether you are a believer or not a believer, T talks deeply about uh, the value of these things. And hopefully, uh, no matter where you stand on faith, you'll pull something from this that you can use for yourself. All right? So, enjoy this episode with my good friend, Pastor T. Gatewood. Okay, T. Gatewood, we are recording. Welcome to Under the Sun. Glad to be here. All right, folks, this is actually our second go-around because we had a technological malfunction, and we are having another conversation uh, together to cover some important topics that I wanted to explore with T., uh, T and I have known each other ever since I moved to the high country here in North Carolina, and uh, we share faith, we share bicycles, and, and lots of other things. And uh, so today, with T, I want to talk about prayer, I want to talk about testimony, and our walk in our faith, which I think are all very important, some more important than others. Amen to that. I'm <laughs> glad to be back. <laughs> all right, well, hopefully this thing records and we're good to go. Uh, I'm confident. All right, so let's just get right into it. Um, as I mentioned to you before, wanting to do this podcast about this topic is because of a conversation I had with a recent guest about how she had used prayer during an event to help yep. her get through a tough, challenging moment and how she uses prayer in general yeah. just to get through yeah. life and, yeah. and yep. cycling yep. and competition. Uh, yes. How, why is prayer an important piece of faith and how can we all use it to our best yep. advantage? Yep. So to start with just a real kind of brief outline slash definition of how I understand prayer. So as a Christian, I think that when God made the world, he spoke it into being 
and then at just the right moment he spoke to us and his son and so the world exists and we exist uh, because we have ears because God speaks us into being and speaks to us and the mystery of what it means to be human is to then respond so prayer as I kind of conceptualize it like theologically but also then as I live into it uh, is this conversation God speaking us listening us responding uh, God calling us by name us hearing that and responding and so that takes all different kinds of forms right sometimes that takes um, just a, like praise like wow God you did an amazing job of creating the world and wow I'm thankful that you know I have another day or in a situation like this like wow we get to do this again <laughs> and, and we get to do it again, not out of anger or frustration, but like, hey, it's a gift to be with friends and to talk about what God does in our lives. I'm, so I'm so glad. we're just going to just enjoy it. I'm glad you said it was a gift because yeah. for two days it was uh, quite irritable. I for know, me I know, I know. Because that recording yeah. failed yeah. me. But yeah. uh, you're right. Yeah. Just that everything is a gift. Right. So prayer is then about seeing things as a gift and thanking the giver. That's just a dynamic of generosity and gratitude. And so as I understand like the whole of the Christian life as being caught up in this conversation, prayer is then about becoming fully alive in that conversation. So Eugene Peterson, who we talked about last time, wrote a great book called Answering God. It kind of works within that basic framework of God speaking, us hearing, we're responding. That's prayer. And he has a line in there at the beginning that says prayer isn't about getting or doing as much as it is being and becoming. And the idea being that, you know, you know, it is through prayer and life with God that our character is shaped like that. We're formed at a fundamental basic level. And out of that, we then do things. So as I think about myself as a person, as I think about myself as a cyclist, as I think about myself as a dad or a friend, or I mean, almost any role, I am pushed to see that what I do and how I do it is shaped out of who I am, right? So like who I am, my character is going to be revealed in my action, right? So prayer for me is always this like character forming like desire shaping um, kind of spirit building activity. And out of that flows how I do things, including how I ride my bike, including how I, you know, go for a walk with someone. Um, if I am in a place of being grateful for life and at peace with other people, I'm going to get on the bike and I'm going to see the world around me. I'm going to enjoy riding even if I ride like crap, you know? I mean, you've had these days Oh yeah. where you go out and the legs weren't there and the lungs felt, you know, full of something. And yet still it was amazing because a whole lot more is going on, you know, on any bike ride uh, than just turning the pedals and moving through time and space. Um, so, yeah, how do I think about prayer? I think of it as this, like, tool that we have, this life that we have, uh, this role we get to play in this conversation. And it starts to shape me, and then it flows over into all of my life. And so the more free I am in prayer, the more free I'm going to be preaching, 
visiting somebody, riding my bike, you know, pushing myself to the limit, right? Because there becomes a great freedom. Like if I know who I am, then I can go out and ride the bike. And, it's, and again, it's a gift. I, I don't have to win to know who I am. Before I swing my leg over that bike, I know, hey, I'm loved. I've been saved. I've been blessed. I've been cared for. And I get to now go out and push myself to the absolute limit doing this just for the goodness of what I'm doing. So it seems to put things in perspective. It puts things in place and then sets you free to go for it. It does uh, distill things down to the most important yes. things. Yes. Uh, Clarifying it, in that sense. Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and also, as you're saying that, something that stands out to me is that it's a, it's a call to action. Yeah, right. You speak it, and you yeah. do. You have to take action, and yeah. you're certainly hoping yep. that the good Lord yep. is working His magic right, and, right, and right. helping. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for things to materialize. But yeah, uh, it is it is breathing life into the vision of things that you want. Yep, and I love like that breathing. You know, like literally, that's one of the ways in which the Bible describes like who we are and how we live, you know, that we breathe in and we receive energy and life. And then you go, right? And the, you know, the reality, the, the wonder of CPR is even when we're breathing out, there's enough oxygen left in that for other people to, you know. That's funny you yeah. say that because I'm literally going through CPR training <laughs> right now. I'm, I'm getting my recertified yes. for that. And yes. that is a point that they make yeah. is yeah. that we exhale carbon yeah. dioxide, but also oxygen. Also oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. So the more I am praying, right, the, the more the lungs of my heart and soul are expanding, the bigger my interior life is, right, I, the more I'm capable of taking in and giving out. And I mean, I mean that both like spiritually, but I also mean it just existentially. Like the more I'm able to receive, the more I'm able to share and give on a bike ride, in the pulpit, in a friendship, with somebody in crisis. Right. So for me, again, this is where prayer is about shaping like the depths of who you are, the foundations of who you are. Uh, and then, hey, all kind of things flow out of that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, I grew up in church. Yep. Watching the pastor, listening to the pastor, my father. I don't think I've ever told you this or really many people at all, but. My father was a gospel singer. Oh, wow. For yeah. Yeah, 50 yeah. years. Yeah. Was part of quartets, trios. Yeah. Um, and was a, So he a, was on the road in churches singing. Yep, yeah. Everywhere. Small huh. crowd, small yeah. churches. Who cares? But I'm in the church yeah. all the time, yeah, yeah. and I've heard all kinds of prayers yeah. from elders, from people within the congregation, from pastors. And, you know, when you're growing up, you see and hear this happening, and you just think, Wow, like uh, one, I I've better learn how to do this, right? Because somebody this, might call on me. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. this is important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and two, that people like yourself, a pastor yeah. or deacons or elders, I just always had the impression, man, they must really pray a lot. They yeah. have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. For someone, even for someone who is a faith, like what? 
what is a good routine of prayer? Yeah. How should they yeah. pray? Yeah. I know we've talked about how yeah. the Bible teaches us how, how to yeah. pray, gives yeah. us some stepping yeah. stones, yeah. but yeah. there's a lot of ways to do this. So yeah. what's the best yeah. approach? So one of the things that I always try to remember when someone asks me a question like this is that we need to know that in the things of God, we're always beginners, right? There are no expert prayers. There are no expert preachers. Everybody here is receiving to share. There's an old phrase like, hey, I'm just a beggar telling another beggar where to get some bread, right? Uh, and so what I believe is like, man, if I start with that kind of humility, if I start with that kind of recognition of, hey, I'm not an expert and this is not about getting it right, then it kind of lets me sit back, open up, listen and respond. And so, I mean, for me, then the pattern becomes this like, Hey, this is about attentiveness and attachment, right? I'm going to be super attentive to what I think God's saying so I can be attached to God in love. And the process for doing that then requires a lot of slowing down a lot of focus um, and so every morning, like before my day gets busy, before I look at my phone, before I look at the New York times or Velo news or Strava even, and that's the hard one, right? Before <laughs> I look at any of that stuff, right? I am going out on my front porch this time of year and I light a candle and I have a little, I have a small icon of Jesus and I'm using this app that I've been into, uh, since COVID started called Lectio 365 and every time it starts, it says something like, so slow down and focus and be present, right? Because, I mean, we were just talking about this with Zoom. It is so hard to actually listen and be present. Mm. All the harder on a digital platform like that. Yeah. But when we're trying to listen to someone we can't see, right, who, who says his spirit blows like the wind, you don't know where it's coming from, where it's going, right? I mean, like this becomes a very, uh, it requires incredible attention and focus, like deliberateness um, to practice being in God's presence. So for me, it's first thing before all the circuits get firing and the distractions get distracting, I'm trying to start my day slow, quiet. And then for me, it's opening up to here and that's going to then happen through scripture and the birds right and then sooner or later my wife's gonna walk out there right and and it might be that god's speaking through her and the hope then is that as i've focused at the beginning of the day and i prayed the lord's prayer and i'm praying through the psalms which is what the church is called the school of prayer that i am joining big prayers and i'm learning to listen uh, and then in any and every situation, I'm ready, you know, to say help, you know, when I need help to say thanks when it shows up and to say, wow, you know, when I actually get through something and God's done, you know, more than I could have asked or even imagined. So, I mean, I think I hear your question being like, Hey, if this is fundamental and basic, how do we do it? Mm -hmm. And on, you know, the one hand, the church has always said, well, everybody's going to pray differently. Everybody's going to pray differently. You're, you're going to, 
because if you aren't careful, you can fall into some ruts. Oh, I, and I'm like, I think I'm in a rhythm and it turns out I'm in a rut right? all the time, right? It's the same, like cycling. Wow, I look back at Strava and I did that same ride like over and over. Like, really? That's not good for your training, right? You got to, yeah. what, what's that called? Varying up your stimulus or yeah. uh, your training load and you got to work different things. Same way in prayer. There's some fundamentals and then you have to have that flexibility um, for where you are, what's going on. I mean, I would be willing to bet that I prayed different in the winter in Banner Elk than I prayed in the summer in Banner Elk. Huh. Because of the darkness, because of the cold. Yeah. Just because I've always been a person who likes to move, right? It's part of why I love riding a bike. I've always walked and prayed. You know what? In the winter, it's a very different walk. Than it is yeah, right now. Middle of summer. Middle of summer. Um, so we got to have that, like as a Christian, I believe, hey, they're basic things you're given. You got the Lord's Prayer. You got the Psalms. I'm going to pray through these things. I'm just committed to them. It's like doing your intervals and, you know, putting in your base miles. And then you got to be able to flex, just like in a race, right? When the action gets going and the, the crazy starts being crazy. And, well, it turns out you had another mechanical. Guess what? You got to improvise. Well, right. and you know, I think one of the key things you just said there was you do your intervals, you do your work. And just like with training adaptations, you don't yep. see the benefits right away. Oh, no. You have, no, to, no, what, no. You have yep. to be patient. Yep. And yep. you don't know when those things might occur, if ever. Yeah. But yep. you still have to have faith. Yep. And that's why, like, you know, we've talked about like, hey, so what role does prayer have for an athlete? Well, in my mind, honestly, most of the role that prayer is going to have for an athlete starts months and weeks and days before they're going to think about praying in the middle of a race. Do you know, you know, like, hey, we're shaping our character. We're laying down habits. We're building a foundation. Oh, and there will also maybe be something you pray in the middle of the race, but maybe not. Um, but if you're not working that slow, patient process, you're never going to be in the situation, you know, to make that move, to catch that, you know, person, to close that gap or to pray. It's that same dynamism, mm -hmm. right? That unpredictability that we call life. You, it can happen in your house. It can happen in your dorm room. It can happen on the street or it can happen in a bike race. Well, there is, for me personally, a calm assurance that comes with yep. regular prayer yep. Yep. and it's just like training. It's it's doing the work. It's doing the work. And if yeah. you do that work, yep. Yep. eventually, one way or another, the prayers get answered. Yep. Maybe not exactly the way you yep. wanted That's it right. to be, That's right. but the way it should be. Yep. Yep. And so this is where I think prayer for me opens me up to answer, sets me free to act, and then leaves the results to God. Again, a lot like when you're training, right? Hey, I'm going to enter into this like process. I got a coach that I'm working with. I'm willing to work the plan, right? I'm going to do all I can. And then the reality is you can show up and do your best and you may win or you may lose. You cannot control the and competition. You cannot control the competition. <laughs> all you can control is what? Your own self. Yeah. Your, your own, own self. decisions. Right. So there's that crazy phrase in Philippians where Paul says, work out your salvation. And then the next line is, because God is at work in you. You know, and I'm like, okay, which one is it? 
And the answer is what? <laughs> it's like both. both. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yes. Yeah. Right. So you pray and you keep praying. So your character shape so that you can live. Right. And for me, this is where like, again, prayer is always that perspective, that eye opening of like, there's all so much going on, more going on here. T than just T and Tim having a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much more. And maybe when I'm praying and maybe when I'm opening myself up, I start to tune in and notice a little more of that. And that leads to both humility and hope. It leads to, you know, um, an ability to do the next right thing. Um, yeah. Well, I've always approached prayer to your, you said something earlier, made me think that I, I've never prayed for outcomes as yeah. far as like a result in an yeah. event, a yeah. game or a race yeah. or anything of yeah. that nature. Um, but I've come to learn, especially as I've matured is that, you know, we don't, we may not get what we wanted, right. But we got what we needed. Yep. Yep. And a prayer has a unique way of, of helping us to sort that out. Yep. Yep. And if you go into it again with the right mindset and yeah. seeing whatever happens to you as an opportunity and a gift, even the hardships, yeah, the yep. heartaches, the yep. heartbreak, the trauma, the all the of it. ugliness, yep. there's always an opportunity there for you or someone else to learn and grow from. Yep. Might not be easy, but it can still be good. Yeah. Right. Type two reality. Um yeah, that's well, good. And it's, but I mean, you just said that it's not easy and it's not fast. And we live in a world of convenience and immediate, you know, the other day I was sitting in line behind this woman and she's like, you know, she's like looking at her phone and I like, I want to tap her on the shoulder. I'm like, it's going to outer space and coming back, you know, <laughs> give it like an eighth of a second, you know, that's a Louis CK, you know. Uh, bad comedy sketch, you know. Like, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. You know, we won it so in yesterday. And the reality is, whether it's fitness or character or a relationship, these things are slow and they're hard. The best things in life the are best. The be the deep things are, are hard. And yeah. and it, and it, but you know, what we realize in the middle of it is okay. It's going to be worth it, right? Which is that hope piece, right? So we're hoping and stretching our imaginations and our hearts in prayer. Yeah. So if you were going to give someone advice who perhaps doesn't pray, hasn't prayed, yeah. or is infrequent yeah. or struggling yeah. with it, yeah. what are some basic principles for them to just focus on and do uh, and practice? Because prayer requires yeah. practice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, so this one, you know, this is a tough question, right? Because part of what I would just want to say is, hey, come pray with me. Mm. In the same way that you learn to ride a bike by somebody saying, hey, come ride with me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's certain people that's not like, they're not going to join in that relationship, right? They're not going to step into that. They're not going to step into the way I'm practicing prayer for whatever reason. Um, so, I, you know, like, so my initial response is like, hey, yeah, come pray with me. Come pray with the people that's praying, right? I mean, again, like, why do we, why have a cycling team? Well, cause you can learn from a coach and the people, right? So individuals pray, you pray in relationships, you pray in a community. Um, and so, I mean, you said this a minute ago with the story of your dad, like you're learning to pray watching 
and being shaped, you know, out of respect, out of desire. So, I mean, maybe one thing I would say, if hey, if you don't want to come pray with me, like who are the people that are praying that you know? How can you learn from them, you know? Um, and then one of the things just like even more generally um, that we've talked about is the way in which if prayer is about distilling, that was your word earlier, mm-hmm. right? Clarifying part of what gets clarified in any conversation with God that is prayer are the things I really need to hold on to more passionately and the things I need to let go of, you know, you had to more, say that. right? Which and, is the hardest thing to do in life when yeah, you've been going yeah. down one road yep. and you just have been awaiting and waiting yep. and waiting. Or maybe you have been reaping benefits, but at some point to grow, yep. you have to let go. Like, so that was great for a season, but now you got to let go of it kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So that attachment, disattachment dynamic is just a fundamental part of prayer, which we talked about. Like, so in the like meditation genre, or you, there are lots of apps for mindfulness. I mean, this is one of the like things that is happening in prayer, right? We, we become aware of who God is. We know God. We become aware of who we are. So we know who like our location is. And then the hope being like we're distilled, we're clarified so that I know more and more. What is it that God wants me to hold on to? And what do I need to let it go of? As you just said, even if it's been really good. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm believing that the father is blessing me through the son by the power of the spirit, like part of that, like just becomes open. Like, hey, how do I take the time to open up? And then how do I take the time to clear out the junk to make space for receiving, you know, that? So as a Christian, that looks like confession. Like when I'm just angry and ugly to everybody, you know, like part of that's being like, man, I was a you know what today. I'm going to go back to Tim and apologize. I'm going to go to my wife and apologize. I'm going to go to my daughter and my son. And, you know, like part of that is prayer, you know, of just recognizing and asking God for forgiveness and then, you know, living that out with other people. And I, you know, you bring up an interesting point about prayer and confession uh, and, and, and the seeking of forgiveness from God Mm-hmm. Or perhaps others. Yeah. Uh, first, it starts with yourself, in yep. my opinion. Yep. But I think that's a tricky one for a lot of people, is because oh, th- they may pray, but they're not seeking forgiveness of their sins that we're all aware of and we're all sinners. So it's not like you can hide it. But what do you do about it? Aside from saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, and I think prayer is often where we discern what to do next. Right, like so. I'm, so I use these three verbs all the time. So recognize, acknowledge, and confess. It's like a basic pattern of like, oh, something goes wrong. Like when I'm paying attention, I'll recognize something's wrong. I'll acknowledge the consequences, and then I'll confess that, right? Um, which then allows you to, like, in that confession, to go, oh wow, it wasn't just that I did that and it only hurt me. It hurt all these other people, and if I'm confessing that to God. You know, the call, at least according to Jesus, is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So as I'm receiving that love, it is so that I can go back. But as you just said, like, that's crazy talk to a lot of people Mm -hmm. because it implies being humble. It it implies being vulnerable, like recognizing and losing face. Uh, 
And if, you know, you're building the whole of your life on looking good on a social media platform or face-to-face, that's crazy. Yeah. Well. But it but it's also good, right? I yes. mean, again, that's that deeper than the surface, deeper than our initial real, you know, reaction goodness. Yeah. Well, back to back to practice. It it I've learned that the more you practice it, yep. the I won't say it gets easier. You just get better at doing it as far as prayer yeah. itself. As yep. but then your actions become yep. better because now you're really truly striving towards these things that you're saying to yourself and you're asking of God. Yep. Yep. And it's a measure of self accountability. Yeah. Yep. So you're practicing you're laying down a pattern and you start to see what it really looks like to have integrity. Right. Is that, and then, so you have that sense of, Oh, well that that's actually what prayer and faithful response and even like good fruit, you know, to use very churchy language. Right. Uh, so you see like the beginning and the middle and the end of that. Right. And then you go, okay, that's actually what it looks like. That's what it really looks like right? To know God, to hear from God, to respond to God, and then to be making things right in the way that God wants them to. Yeah. That's a, like, that's a process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think you're right. Like in the same way that like the more we do that and enter into that, the more we want it as well. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but again, the, the analogy with fitness is, is like, you know, the better I eat and the better I sleep and like the more hydrated I am and the harder I work, like being a pastor and loving my wife and even my dog, you know, like, Oh, you know what happens? I go out and I like ride really well. (laughs) And those things start to like integrate and like feed off of each other. And then once you ride like really well, like for me, I then get back. And after I might conk out for a little while, I wake up and I'm ready to go and I want to be a better you know, pastor and a better husband and a better friend. And, you know, so it has yeah. that like, Oh, this is the way it's made to be all these things, not working against each other or, you know, like elevated, like this is the best and this is the worst, but like, no, they're all actually just good. And they're supposed well, to be in you know, harmony. Energy creates more energy. Success breeds success. Right. Yeah. On and on and yeah. on. on and on. And we're right. on right now. We're, we're really only kind of talking about prayer <clears throat> in the sense of praying, praying for yourself, not even touching on like praying for other people right. and what, yep. and what that's like, yep. how it yep, teaches you to pay attention to them, yep. to um, hope for them, to not limit them. Yeah. Bring God into the middle of a relationship. Yeah. Cause one of the things that, I mean, I, I've said often to our team when I, I, I will bring up prayer and talk about prayer and, and not in a deep conversation like this, but that um, who is praying for you right now? Mm. Do you have anybody praying yeah. for you? Because yeah. if you don't and you're not praying either. Oh, yeah. Uh, or another way to say it, too, is if if you don't have anyone in your life who is hard on you, tough on you and holding you accountable and it's all on you to yep. do that for yourself. Yeah. You better be on point and amazing at all times or else I just see struggle yeah. and yeah. hardship ahead. Yeah. But so, when you have other yeah. people praying right. for you and you're praying, it's like um 
you know, you're 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 doubling your bet a little bit, so to speak. Yeah. Bad analogy, maybe, but no, I get it. You then have other people who are they're vested in you and your well-being, and they're setting some things in motion as well. That I think I know that I've had literal angels on this earth that are part of my family. Yeah. And that I can't imagine what my life would right. be like had they not been consistently praying for me. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I don't even want to think about so have, not having them. So it is not good to be alone. No. Right. This is one of the very first things the Bible says about human existence. It's not good for anyone to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. This is why it creates, you know, the two to be together. And like, we see that like in the story. Uh, you see it from the beginning to the end of the biblical story. And this is part of what prayer invites you to enter into, right? A life of living with people, caring for people, praying for people, having them pray for you. It's this give and take. It's this interrelatedness. Um, that's how God made the whole of the world. Like all the plants work together and all the animals work together. And all of that's out there, like inviting us to go, hey, you know, there are no low ranger Christians. You know, and they're really no, you know, even like Simon and Garfunkel saying right. about this, Listen, right? No man is an island. You know. I say yeah. this to the team all yeah. the time that nobody accomplishes anything worthwhile on their own. Yeah. Yep. Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Yep. And so prayer just becomes the revealing of that and the entering into that and some of the joy of that and some of the struggle of that. I just thought of a new yeah. bonus question. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just leave it till the end. <laughs> oh, all right. I just thought of a new bonus question. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I have a couple <laughs> bonus questions for tea, and I just thought of a new yeah. one. But, okay, so let's transition just a little bit yep. from prayer yep. to uh, testimony. Yes. The power yep. of testimony. Speaking one's testimony in church or as sharing your faith is... I mean, that's a powerful thing within a church, within a community. I mean, it's the reason why I started this podcast was because of storytelling and essentially storytelling about everything under the sun is yep. testimony. Yep. So touch on, speak about the power of testimony and how it's used for good in the lives of other people. Yep. So anything that can be used for good can also be used for bad, right? So telling stories has amazing potential and it's a very dangerous thing and one of the things i always point out to people is we're all telling stories right we all live uh and the way we make sense of the world and experience coherence is to integrate the past the present, and the future right that's just what we do as humans we are story tellers and the bible tells this universal story about how god loves the world and creates us to live in it uh, and shares time and space with us and the son, you know, whose name is Jesus, who was, by the way, a masterful storyteller, right? We call them parables in church, but they're stories, right? And what I love about the best Jesus story is, is he was drawing people in, turning them inside out and upside down, and then sending them out into a whole new world. And that's what great testimonies do. Heck, that's what great commercials do. Mm -hmm. right they catch you they draw you in and they send you out to go buy something right so i just think like i'm always asking going through the world asking hey what kind of story is that person telling what are they talking about because everybody's talking about something it could be the great deal they got on prime day yesterday 
you know, yeah. or like, what does cyclists talk about? Oh gosh. Right. Oh gosh is right. Yeah. Like we, the race isn't over until what you've told a story about it. <laughs> you know, like, did it, did and it then it's happen. not even over. Right. Yeah. It didn't even happen. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so you talk to a cyclist, they'll talk about the gear they're buying, right. The problems they've had. They're always giving testimony to their passion. And so as I understand, like, what it means to be a Christian is I'm trying to tell the universal story of how God made the world, entered the world, saved the world in Jesus and is making the whole world new. And you got to tell that story so that you then have eyes to see like what that actually involves. Um, and again, prayer then becomes like discovering within that story, the part that you're made to play. I mean, and, and so I do this as a preacher all the time. I'm always trying to tell the story, creation, recreation, everything in between. Um, and I'm doing it on, as a cyclist all the time in the middle of a ride. I'm telling myself a story about the ride I'm on, right? Like, man, I really started feeling bad, but I'm feeling better. You know, I'm connecting the past to the present. And then I'm launching out into the future going, be really interesting to see what the climb up 194 to my house looks like <laughs> you know and sometimes i tell that story i'm telling that testimony right in in that interior way and it leads to hope and other time it leads to fear and you know so i see like testimony like in that like universal history like i'm going to tell you the the biggest possible story and then the the right where i am story um and I think that's just like what it means to be fully alive, what it means to be wise, what it means to know yourself, what it means to encourage other people, you know, is, is a part of sharing that story. Like, I mean, you've got some stories to tell when the team comes back in the fall, mm -hmm. because last time they saw you, things weren't looking, things so weren't good. looking so good. Right. So you have that story of a surprising accident, a hard recovery a slow buildup, right? And, and we'd rather tell the story about how, you know, I got a surprise entry into, you know, Unbound Gravel and I went out there because I was in amazing shape and I crushed it and finished in the top 25. But that's not the story you have to tell. No. And so it's a question then of like, well, so hey, how do I see what God's doing in my experiences, seeing where I'm being met, seeing where I'm being transformed and tell that story? Um. Well, when I think of of, uh, of testimony, storytelling, sharing past experiences with other people, uh, wanting to tell something of value, not just what you actually went through, but that, um, that the receiver is going to somehow be able to relate to what you're saying. Yeah. And, yeah. Some, and like this is something that I say uh, to our team quite often is that um, – I know when I go into a meeting that there's going to be points that I have to say where everybody needs to know this thing. It's a yeah. new thing or yep. it's an, it's something that is relevant to our, our week ahead. But then I'm going to talk about some other things that I don't know who was supposed to receive that message in that meeting. Mm. And it might be redundant for some people. They've heard it a handful of times. It's already. the same old story. Yeah. But, right. 
But at the same time, I feel compelled or there's something weighing on me that I know I'm supposed to say what I'm supposed to say. I don't know exactly who is supposed to hear it and for, or for why. And it might be just one person. It could be five or ten. Uh, but I just yep. have to get it out there. And then everyone, it's up to everyone, no matter what we're talking about, when we're telling our testimony or telling the story, it is they get the pluck from what we just said, the thing that they needed to move forward. Right. So the best stories always have that space, right? People can enter into them. They can connect in some way. And then that story becomes a part of their story, right? So we talked uh, about this, that there's this guy named Henry Nowen, right? The Dutch priest whose Mm -hmm. grandmama told him, you know, hey, if you want to be a writer, if you really want to connect with people, tell the deep personal stories because what is most personal is always universal right and this is again the risk of of telling a a personal story with passion is you're thinking hey this is deep in me and and should connect and the team might walk out of that meeting and and, and all of them walk down the hall going what was he talking about that probably happens right. a lot <laughs> but we don't have, we can't, again, we can't control that result, right? Listen. All we have is, right, <laughs> our experience and we're offering that up. Um, speaking of, yeah, you came and spoke to the team this past spring and I had this David Goliath theme in my head for a while. I don't know why that was in my mind yeah. and why I felt compelled to share that that message, that story. And I knew you could tell it better than anybody. And then you came in and yeah, I'll let you pick up from there. The theme of what you talked about with them, because I want to tell you, you tell it and I'll tell you some of the outcomes that came from that. Yep. So you invited me to come tell that story, right? And you didn't control how I was going to tell the story. Nope. Right. You just said, Hey, this story has been in my mind. I'd love for you to come talk about it and offer whatever you got out of it for the team. So, I read the story. I listened to it on my, you know, Bible app a few times. And what caught me was that moment when David leaves behind the armor, right? That he's been offered that's not his, right? But which was a temptation to be somebody other than himself, right? So he leaves behind the king's armor. He walks down that hill as a little shepherd boy and he stops at the low point at that creek and he picks up those five smooth stones. Right. And so what I talked about with the team was, hey, we all have to pick up the five smooth stones, the things that we know that we're going to give ourselves to so that when the battle begins, we can put it in the sling and do what we've been practicing. Because David, remember, he was the shepherd. He's out there fighting off the bear and fighting off the lion and, you know, and using that sling. So I talked about my five basic things that I've picked up and how they've become for me, the things I depend on that get me through the battle. Um, you know, and I had an M and actually brought them, you know, I brought like physical, you know, um, and these five things for you, those are staples in your life that you share. They're just fundamentals, things I'm deeply committed to. And I didn't, this is not an original reading of the story of David and Goliath for me. Like I've taken this from somebody else and, you know, which was, and they took it from, you know, somebody else, which is what good stories do, right? They offer these little things that we can kind of hold on to. Um, 
Yeah, and so I talked about the New Testament, which I brought. You know, I had my wedding ring. I had that little picture of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I talked about eating with other people, and I can't remember what the fifth one was. Uh, you, 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 one day a week, your phone. Like. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, it was my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You turn, yeah because you turn, I talked you about you turn it off, and that's right. You can't access because you. some tools are great, and then at other times you really need to put them away. Yeah. Yeah, so the, that's a practice I have. Of, yeah. Well, yeah. you told that story. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know this. Uh, I didn't. Oh, I knew afterward. I didn't travel with the team. Yeah. Initially to yeah. Road Nationals yeah. in early spring. Um. I was here when they left. I had to stay behind for a little bit. I drove down later. And uh, afterward, I was told that uh, they stopped along the way. Hmm. And they picked up some rocks. Picked up some rocks. That's good, isn't it? Uh, Well, they did their best. Uh, They didn't take down any giants. Yep. Came close. Did come away with, uh, with a medal and was in the fight. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I hadn't even thought about this. Uh, yeah, just recently. I don't think Liam, I don't know. Liam might have gone back to another river for another rock. Hmm. But uh, he won a national championship yeah. a few weeks ago. Like I hadn't even thought about that uh, in that realm, that yeah. way, that oh, yeah. connection. Yeah, but yeah. I know that that story resonated with a lot mm. of people on the team because yeah. they could identify and relate to David. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that moment, right? Like, which is what I love in the story is like, he's got to stop. He's got to be careful. And he's going to pick up those stones. And that's about all he can control, you know? Uh, but it is, it's a powerful mm. story, right? It connect, yeah. And this, again, the power of stories, right? It changes your imagination changes the way they're taking that trip down there changes the way they're going into one race and then that other race yeah and hopefully right because we care about these people as cyclists as friends as church members and as people right that that story continues to shape and give and inspire and subvert and confuse and bless over and over yeah well you know pardon the pun but it all of that's a stepping stone to uh-huh. greater yeah. things yeah. down the road. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that was a wonderful testimony using a story from the mm. Bible to help expand any uh, imagination and, yep. uh, uh, planting a seed of what is possible if, yep. And, uh, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere if you're going to believe in being successful and aspiring and growing and being better. And, it's just not going to happen on its own, in my opinion. Nope. I don't think you can be a good person and you could be doing the right thing. You can have a lot of talent, yeah. But that won't yeah. that won't take yeah. you everywhere yeah. you want to go. Yep. Mm. Okay, so let's get to the bonus round. All right. All right. We're on. gonna we're gonna go we're first to the bonus that you already know about. Then I'm <laughs> yes, gonna get to the yes. bonus I just yeah, thought yeah, of. Yeah. All right. Yep. So the first bonus question: uh, If you could go back to biblical times, 
what would be the top five moments in the Bible you would want to bear witness to? Yeah, now, I already yeah. know the answers yeah, to these, but yeah, share yeah. them again because okay. I think they're good. So I said, like, wow, the one I think I just have to see because, again, Paul says, hey, if this didn't happen, you're just crazy. Our faith, our yeah, faith doesn't nothing, matter. Right? It doesn't yeah. matter at all. Is Jesus coming out of that tomb? Like, so Mary sees Jesus, you know. He calls her by name and she has that moment. Thomas has that moment where he gets to put his hands and, you know, or is invited to put his hand in Jesus's side. He walks through the wall to meet the disciples who are locked up in their fear in the dark, man, any one of those. Right. So that's, that's, that's moment. Number one, Jesus having been crucified in the tomb for three days, raised to life. Love to see that one. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the other one that we, that we talked about was Peter walking on the water. Yep. Right. We are just like, it's a freaky moment. They're in a storm. That's freaky. Then they see someone walking across the water. They think it's a ghost. So they freak out even deeper. And then Jesus says, Oh no, it's me, but come on out on the water, which is like, you know, let's add freaky on top of freaky. <laughs> you know and it's like? And Peter does it, you know, you're like, what? Right. Yeah. So that moment, um, and then uh, I think the burning bush, that just mysterious moment at that turning point in the story of the Bible when God's people are in slavery and he's going to choose a murderer named Moses to set them free. You know, and Moses is tending the sheep and he looks over and there's a bush burning. It's not consumed. He goes, huh, man, what's going on? And God said, and the, and the scripture says, and when God saw that he turned aside, he called to him. You know, and like, I would love to see that. What is it like for a bush to burn and not be consumed and for God to speak out of the bush? You know, so, so we got resurrection, walking on water, burning bush. And then, you know, the two places we can't go where science just can't penetrate is the absolute beginning and the final end, mm -hmm. you know? So to be able to see like God bring everything out of nothing. Creation itself. Creation itself. And the, or the end, the new creation, which, you know, is described in this vision of, you know, a, a city coming to earth and there be no more weeping, no more mourning, no more crying, no more tears because there will be no more death, right? Like what does a, this good world that we know made completely full of God's goodness, filled with God's, like, you know, like, man, I like, yes, I want to see that. So those are my five. I think that's just four. Resurrection, walking on water, burning bush, creation, recreation. That's ah, five. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Count the both yeah, of those yeah. two. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So now my new bonus question okay. that I thought of as you were discussing prayer is, you, and and I think you had never been asked the previous bonus question. No, before, that right? was that, great. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. That's a new one. I thought you were going to ask me if you could go on a ride with anybody. Who'd you go on with? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, Jesus, Mother Teresa and the Pope, you know, Gandhi. Uh, yeah. Uh. And I think to your list, I think the one for me, especially the one for me, is, uh, yeah, it is the David and Goliath story. Yeah. Is being there for that uh, and bear witness to such a magnificent <laughs> yeah. thing happening. Uh, that's the biggest one for me, uh, aside from the resurrection. Uh, yeah. I think that's... Those are two good ones. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's everything. The defeat of the giant that seems bigger than life. Huh. It's either death or Goliath. Or, yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the next, the new, the new bonus question. Um, we all have questions. Yeah. You and I've talked about yep. this before. Yeah. We all have deep, deep questions. And we, you spoke about earlier how, um, 
th- there are no experts. And if you come into this with humility, and the, I yeah. think the beautiful thing about faith is that at least the freedom to pursue our faith also help. I mean, it, it we have the freedom to ask questions yes. and challenge yep. our own faith yeah. and be challenged by other yep. people on our yep. own faith. Um, but within that, as you were talking about prayer and one question came to my mind was, well, um, questions that we would have for God, like mm. how, tell me how prayer, tell me exactly how that worked. Yeah. How yeah. did, how did, how did you, how can, how are you all knowing? How are you, uh, everywhere and all knowing how, hmm. how do yeah. you do that? How yeah. is that possible? Yeah. So what questions would you have for God where you're like, Hey, how, how did you do that? How does that work? What would they be? Mm. Yeah. So the opposite of faith is not doubt, right? The opposite of faith is certainty, right? Faith only lives and grows when there's the room for doubt, right? So what do I doubt? What do I question what I really wonder about? Uh, now I'm not asking, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah, not yeah. so much that, but just questions of, of God of yeah, like, Hey, yeah. Yeah. So, how, so how does that work? So how does it work that the father, the son and the Holy spirit are a perfect triune community of life? And there's three, but there's only one. That's a good question. Yeah, right. That's, that's, okay. So within that same question, as it actually plays out in the telling, because the church speaks as if, Oh, that's totally normal. Oh yeah. Like three <laughs> is one and one and three. And that's like not a problem. At all, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Come on. So, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would love to, you know, like enter into that one and explore that one with the father, the son and the Holy spirit, how they're both, personal, distinct, and perfectly unified. And yeah, so that would be one question. But the way that that question even plays out, like how if the Father is revealed in the Son and has life with the Son and the Son has Father with the light, the Son has life with the Father by the power. If if the Trinity is for real, like what's going on in between crucifixion and resurrection? Like is the Father, like, if if the triune life is the life of God and, and, and the life of the world, how is it that the God who is life incorporates death into a perfect, infinite life? Right. So we got like just the Trinity mystery, but then the, the, the mystery of like the way in which the father sends the son, where the son goes and what is going on with the father on what the church calls Holy Saturday. Right. So the mystery of the Trinity, you got the mystery of like, that redemptive moment that is somehow redemptive, even though we can't even begin to make sense of like, okay, we just got to let that one sit there and you can maybe explain that one. all I don't know, a few thousand years into the new kingdom, new heaven, new Okay. We'll wait for that one. Um, other questions. I mean, you know, like as basic as like, you know, what do you see in that person? I mean, cause like go back to the very beginning. The Bible says that, Everyone is created in God's image, which means every single one of us reveals something to God into the world that no one else has ever put on display before. You know, so like, hey, I'd love to know, like, ask God, like, hey, what is it that Tim was made to reveal about you that no one else has ever Mm. or to like press it? If that's true about Tim, what about Hitler? Oh, that's 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 a good question. You know, like, what about these people who we think of as monsters? 
What didn't come into the world? Because Hitler chose unending pride and death. Mm. Um, you know, so questions like that, I think, you know, um, why'd you create mosquitoes? <laughs> um, I mean like, no, I mean like that's like really silly, but you know, like you, you hear this like, okay, so everything that God made is good. Yeah. You know, like you convince my wife that there is something good about a cockroach and you're like working on, on a, another level. Like, I mean, that's silly, but it's basic, but it's earthy, you know, um, you know, those are just some like kind of big questions and then really kind of small questions. Um, there's a lot out there. Oh yeah. There's a lot out there. Yeah. Uh, as we had, Wait, our what pro- kind of bike would Jesus ride? Oh, now that is a good question. Okay. Jesus risen from the dead. You got it. Like, would he be he, old school or new school? Yeah. Would he be a gravel rider? Would he be, you know, would he, would he ride tubeless, you know, 32s all the time or, you know, like what would Jesus ride? Oh, that's uh, that's a new wristband right there. That's right. That's right. Which I'm going to say, you know, bringing that up, like I have to say as a person of faith, I I don't know why this, I don't want to say it bothers me. I don't understand why it became a thing. Yeah. Which is the whole uh, WWJD. Yeah. What would Jesus do? And I, I trip up on that because I think, you know, does it really matter what Jesus would do? It's like, we don't know what Jesus would do because he confounded people while he was All here. The time. He was constantly surprising people. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if you could if, think of it, it's probably not what he would be doing. Exactly. And, yeah. and so what, why would we focus on what he would do rather than what he, or what he would do instead of what he did do? Yeah. And I don't, my yeah. opinion is that there's not enough focus on what he did do and, and put our attention on that to be able to learn from it so that within we can go out and, and emulate him in every way possible that we're capable of doing. And so, uh, which is a tall task, right? Because he performed miracles as well as spoke, as you said, in parables and told stories. And, but he, uh, taught from start to finish. And, you know, one of my other moments that I would like to be back and bear witness to in the Bible is the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, how it, how it was heard, how people responded. Yeah, and did he really just say love your your enemy? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, often we know exactly what Jesus would do, though. He would love his enemy. Yes, and I just would rather do something else. Right. So I worked at a church, and they made bracelets that said W I J D. Huh. What is Jesus doing? Oh. The thought being like, hey, Jesus lived. He died. And he rose again, and he's still active. You can still follow him. Again, different twist on the same thing. Mm. But well, yeah, back lots, to yeah. back to what you know we're getting at with prayer, and um, you've mentioned the word of just presence, being present with yourself yeah. and honest with yourself. I mean, one of the things that I have tried to do in my actions, and especially in prayer, or moments before or after prayer to help me make maybe make a decision or to do the right thing in any given moment and this isn't something I do every day but I imagine Jesus literally being there yeah in my presence and being a guiding hand in whatever I'm doing uh, 
I, I reserve that for like the toughest month. Like, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. when, when things are not they're at their easiest, but when they're at their hardest and, um, for me personally, because I have lots of practice at it, it brings me comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the worst of times. Right. I mean, Jesus did not say, uh, and I will be with you some of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> yeah. I will be with you always good times and right. Bad, the good, the bad, the ugly life, death beyond. Yeah. T. All right. I am trusting technology. That's right. Here we Otherwise, go. we'll if have not, to. Third time's a charm. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your thoughts on prayer, yeah, yeah. testimony, and thanks and for sharing your time aspects. and your life. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Good times. Mm-hmm.